0: Wrestling, wrestling gave me a purpose in life because inner city kid, we're not really expected to make it out of our environment. You know, that there's, you're either, you're dead or you're in jail by the age of 21, 24, you know, and I didn't want to be that statistic. And so, you know, wrestling changed my life because it gave me something to care about.
1: We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change
0: I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast, presented by Spartan Combat. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is Marcus Leveser, the first four-time undefeated D3 national champ in history... He did it for Augsburg in the mid-2000s. Before that, he was a four-time state champ in high school, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much to Marcus for coming on. Fan of the week goes to our friend Michael Mazaruski out of Billings, Montana. I'm butchering that last name. You've never seen a last name like this, folks. Out of Billings, Montana, a proud new owner of a Wrestling Changed My Life coffee mug. Thank you so much for the support. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is your nutritional cheat code. One scoop of Athletic Greens into a glass of ice cold water gives you your daily allotment of vitamins, minerals, and superfoods. Athletic Greens is a proud sponsor of this podcast. And now you can go to athleticgreens.com slash WCML to get five free travel packs and a one year supply of vitamin D droplets. That's athleticgreens.com slash WCML. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for the great Marcus Leveser. Marcus Leveser, welcome to the podcast, sir.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited, man. Let's dive into the early years for you. Tell me about Coach Wichern and uh, some of the impact he had on you.
0: Ronnie Wickern. Um, geez, you know, like he was like my first, like, a true coach, you know, like I did wrestle one year in Forest Lake, Minnesota, we moved to the cities and um, I found this neighborhood park, uh, Potterhorn Park. And that's where I began like my wrestling career under Ronnie Wicker. <clears throat> and uh, he was like my first coach to really challenge me outside the box. It's like, yep, you can learn this move. You can learn that move and you can learn these other moves. But like, how well can you produce the move? Like, Like, can you set up this move that sets up this move that sets up this move? And I'm like, coach, I don't know. I don't know. Well, try it. And then here you go. I'm trying this move that sets up this move that sets up that move. And it's like, that was easy. He's like, Now do it again. Do it better. Do it again. Do it better. And so he just kind of put my mind into a whole different like, level earlier in my wrestling career, like seven years old, eight years old. And then just, you know, as the years just kind of built up and built up, um, you just kind of take those things that you do really well. And then you you game plan. You understand what you can do well, what you don't do so well. And then you just work on them you know, day in and day out, day in and day out. And eventually you have your wrestling style. And then from that point, you just learn against what you get done to yourself. So if someone takes you down this way or that way, you just kind of look the film, chop it up, find your ways to analyze it, to defend it, and then, bam, you're back on course. So, yeah, but no, um, just kind of thinking back to those earlier days, uh, Coach Rodney, you know he he was an old school coach um he didn't like us wrestlers to goof around I mean one thing that he would always do is if you were goofing around he'd grab your ear and like lift you to your tiptoes and look you in your eye and say hey knock it off you or you know something like really intense and so me seeing some older kids kind of get that done to them I'm like I got big ears as it is like I'm not trying to get my ears pulled and but sooner than later there I am on my tiptoes and he's looking at me Like, professor, I didn't say do that. I didn't say do this. Do it this way. Yes, coach. But no, I mean, he was just all about it. And so just just from a very young age, I just learned to respect the coach. Um, I think there's a lot of that right now where maybe some athletes don't really respect the coach or respect the system um, that's in place. And so we kind of got to get back to those fundamentals of respect. Respect your teammates. Respect your coaches. Respect your teachers. Respect your community just respect yourselves more. And so, yeah, so that's probably one thing i take away from Rodney's lessons was, you know, he always kind of puts you outside the box, but then also um, he demanded respect.
1: I love that. And he seems like, like you said, just super old school, like no, no nonsense, no play.
0: Man, <laughs> that, that's how it was like when you're in Minneapolis, it was South side of Minneapolis, you know, it's, the, our neighborhoods are rough, you know, and there's tons of rough areas, around the world, but you know, South Minneapolis at that time, mid 80s, early 90s, um, I mean, it was pretty ruthless, you know, and so there's a lot of distractions, and a lot of things going on in the streets. And so um, you know, being a part of wrestling kind of really changed the changed the the dynamic of like where my life went, you know, and having these positive coaches in my corner helping kind of uh, catch my ear and, and lead us down the proper directions and the and the proper avenues uh really helped out a lot.
1: So you're in there with coach Rodney and the neighborhood you're growing up in is a challenging environment. What was your home life like at this time?
0: Oh, well, my home life at the time, um, it was my mother and her husband and then it was myself and my younger brother Andre. So, you know, as I began at Potterhorn, I was probably what 6 years old so I had one younger brother who was 2 years younger than me and then um throughout the years, um my mom and her husband at the time, they had two kids themselves. And so my brother and my sister were born kind of later in the early nineties, mid nineties. And so growing up kind of in that half home environment, um, not really knowing my father too much, he was out and about kind of doing his own thing. Um, And then eventually that, that marriage uh, fell apart. And so now we're part of a single parent family. I'm the oldest of four siblings. more the responsible one, so like a lot of the a lot of the duties and the responsibilities like landed on my shoulders, and um, I accepted it with open arms, you know like i 'm the man in the house at thirteen years old, uh, just before high school, and it was a mess i mean it was a, it was a challenge, it was a struggle, <clears throat> but you know um, we did the best that we could. you know my mom you know rest her soul she she was an incredible woman, um, I lost her five years ago but uh you know just the principles that you know she held me to were just amazing I mean like she never let me cut a corner she always held me you know accountable to anything that I wanted to do or anything that I said I would do um she was very very big in like the mental aspect of life you know like there's three types of people people that do it people that watch it people that talk about it you know like you want to be one of those people obviously right or you're going to be one of those people um so which one are you going to be well I want to be that one that's doing it let them see me let them talk about me but I'm going to do it um <clears throat> but anyhow um so just just kind of growing up in that environment single parent household I'm the oldest of four it was tough you know my father was in and out I didn't really know him too much um kind of growing up and that was like a void that really made me link into wrestling so much more because um it was something that I could control where, you know, like you can't control if your father's going to come pick you up on time or will he even show up, you know, but the thing that I could control was when I walked onto that mat and I shook my opponent's hand, like it was go time. Like I can control that aspect of my life and um, I got pretty good at it.
1: And when did you really get deep into it where you're, yeah, you're, you're training and you're, and you're putting in the extra time?
0: Um, I would probably want to say like like eighth to ninth grade year um, was probably when I got extremely serious about wrestling and wanted to be like the best that I could be. But even approaching like seventh grade year, you know, like I had a goal to be a six time state champ, you know, and, you know, writing that down on paper and like, you know, like, geez, that's never going to happen. But, but hey, let's just go give it a go. Right. And hey, I was in a semifinal seventh grade year, third period, the match is zero, zero. I'm on top. I got the guy in a cradle, right? It's like, I'm almost in the finals and I break my grip. He did something good, reversed me, got back points. I lost, you know, but I was like two minutes away or, or one lock away from making it to that final match as a seventh grader, you know? And so then next year, you know, I kind of want to get back to that position, make it to the finals and, I lost by a point in the semis. I made a foolish mistake, uh, something I would never, ever do, but it happened. And so, so then now it's like, you know, around that ninth, 10th grade, it's just like, all right, it's, it's go time now for sure. And so then that's when um, Rodney's son, coach Jeff um, began to do like personal lessons with myself and a small group of my friends, and you know, he would pick us up early in the morning before school. So we're running sprints in the snow. We're running around the lake in the snow. He'd bring us to school. We'll go to school. We'll go to high school practice after high school practice. He's at in the parking lot. He'll pick us up, bring us down to the U of M for another workout. So we're doing three a day workouts, sometimes four a day. You know, like eighth grade summer, throughout the beginning of ninth grade wrestling season, and pretty much throughout high school. We're doing three-day workouts in season, and then out of season with freestyle and Greco. You know, I mean, you know, I was kind of lazy, freestyle and Greco, just with you know, summertime and spring. But he would still hold us accountable, kind of throughout those seasons. But yeah, I'd probably say when did I take it serious? Yeah, freshman year was like that year that I was like, all right, like I, I want to be the best. Let's see, let's see what I can do.
1: And we'll have mentioned this in the intro, but for folks listening, first four-time, first four-time Minnesota State champ, or four-time Minnesota State champ?
0: Not the first time. There were other four-timers before me. Um, but yeah, no, I think I was the first Minnesota wrestler to earn a place six consecutive years. So from seventh grade, eighth grade, taken fourth, and then nine through twelve crossed that hump and took the championship first 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 it and was- you
1: finish with the most consecutive wins in minnesota history 141 and then you go to college four-time undefeated national champ we're gonna get to all of that but it's like dude you've seen you've seen a lot of success and i love the the stories of like the morning workouts and the extra practice and so you're going into the university of minnesota as a high school to work out
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, we were in that room, you know, four years before I even went in that room when I was in college, you know, so I mean, like, I knew the codes and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was like, my room. Wow. So when you're when you're coming up through, you had a
1: couple big high school matches, you know, one of which was and this may not have been big at the time, but it's big now. uh, You wrestled Ben Askren at the Wisconsin Minnesota by state tournament. Yeah,
0: yeah. No. uh, about that one. Well, so, like, I knew who he was kind of just from, like, the freestyle and the Greco, but everybody else, like, in the tournament was, had their eyes on a few other guys, and I'm going to say, no, 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 this is the guy that I'm going to meet, this is the guy, I promise you, this is the guy, and they're like, no, he just looks like he likes to roll around, and I was like, dude, his stuff is legit, this is the guy, just watch, and um, eventually we met in the finals, and there's a crazy story because he had like a boom box that he would carry around and, you know, and he would have a third, <laughs> no, seriously. No, he was the Wisconsin takedown King. I mean, that may be wrong, but that's from what I was hearing, but he would have a boom box and he would like warm up behind his opponent and he would be, uh, he would have the song, another one bites the dust, right? Another one bites the dust. And so my boys, my homies from the high school was like, what if he gets behind you? I was like, I'm going to turn around and say, you better get the, like, man, you better get somewhere, right? And so I think it kind of came to, like, a really good where I kind of just kind of gave him this look, and he kind of just, like, anyway, we're on the mat. We're wrestling.
1: Wait, so so hold on a second. So you're warming up. Does he do it to you where he gets kind of behind you
0: and plays the song? Well, well, I don't, no, no. Like, it never really came to fruition, but I think he was maybe on the verge of it, and then one of my buddies, like, here he comes, here he comes, and I looked around or I turned around, and then he kind of, like, you know, held himself back, and then I think that that was it. You know, like, like he knew I don't, I don't know anyway. You okay. can talk to him, and he'll say, Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But you no, know, uh, we're wrestling, and then you know, just like one thing that I noticed in that match that I just had a speed advantage over him, you know. And one thing with my technique is I try to close the door on each position, whereas, or basically not have sloppy technique. If you have sloppy technique, or leave that door open, someone that likes to scramble that's a heyday for them they're going to eat that up and and i just never gave him a chance i think there's a like one situation in the third period where um i was down and we got to doing some things and i just felt really uncomfortable basically in his world and i i just found way out of bounds said nope i'm not doing that ever again and then just just kept things very you know like like you know. and then that's how i was able to get the knot on him um, had some great shots on him you know a couple of snack singles to high finishes. I'm doing a little bragging right now, but no, it was a good match. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it was cool. It was cool.
1: And it's cool because at the time, like, did people know how good Ben Askren was going to be at the time?
0: I mean, if you are a wrestling fan, you know, who's going to have success on the next level. And I mean, I knew who he was. Like I could see him at all the, um, Midwest national tournaments and the regional sites. And yeah, no, this guy's a stud, you know? And, And we, you know, you don't get enough hype because you're from Wisconsin or you're from Minnesota or or you're from Iowa, but no, like I know who he was. I know he was a threat and, and like, I wasn't going to go into the match just like overlooking this guy or under, underlooking him. You know I mean? Like I knew that I had my hands full and I, and, and I was going to dominate just like every other match.
1: And I love how when you go out and wrestle a guy, like you're so big on like chain wrestling and thinking ahead, like you've got, you know, three, four moves planned in advance.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, that's the biggest key in my mind is like, it's like whenever one of the wrestlers doesn't have an answer for the next movement or the position, that's where they got beat. You know, it's like, you just got to understand, like, you know, things are going to happen. People are, are going to counter you and that you just got to keep it going. It's, it's like, like from A to Z, like, can you fill in the gaps three different ways for each letter, for each situation, for each move, for each position? And if you can't, they got you. Or if they can't, you got them. And that's with every position, every move, there's always three to five ways to counter everything and then re-counter that and then vice versa down the link. And the more you know, the more mat time you have, the more you experiment, the better you get. You know, like like to Ben Askin's point, he scrambled so much, he began, like, like he has a system of scrambling because it's what feels good for him. In my world, I have a system for linking moves together. It's like, I'll do these two moves forcing your hand to defend me if you do a b or c i got you for each one of those responses and if you counter those well i got another backup for each one of those responses and then if all else fails now we get kind of dirty and now we're kind of scrapping a little bit more and then eventually i mean you know if you're working out you know in morning afternoon at night your cardio is just tip top notch and so like i was able to just outlast my opponents as well like you know i just had this owner that just i just never got tired or did i'm not going to show you like i'm going to keep on driving and grinding and th- that's just how it was it's like if you stop me i'm gonna run through you but if i can outsmart you then i'm gonna make you look stupid out there
1: right and, and and so like when you think about guys where you got tired against do you remember like being pushed to matches in high school or were you heads and tails above
0: yeah no i mean um i mean for a lot of the matches i was probably he- heads and tails above but no, there were, you know, 20 to 30 matches that, that were just grinders where it's like, geez, like, I'm not really sure like, how this is going to play out. I know there is another big match against one of our five-time state champs in Minnesota. His, his name is Matt Nagel. And um, the Wicked story about that one is it was at the Christmas tournament that year, and all the matches were shut down just to watch our match. You know, it's like, he's a four-timer at the time. I'm a three-timer. We're both seniors. And, like, that was a tough match. That was a tough match just because, I mean, he's a stud. He's really good, and there was, like, one mistake that was made, probably two mistakes that that were made, and they were both on his account. And one mistake, he got called for clasping. You know, it was a longer reaction time. Um, But then um, I took one step with my offense, and if you take one little movement, I'm going to get you. And I tried it, like, three times, and he was firm on his defense. He didn't move. But then that one time he moved and then I just made one false movement and he did the same thing. Got him. Done. Wow. Take
1: That had to be. I mean, I, I saw that his record was like 179 and one before that match. I mean, between the two of you guys, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. And the funny thing that most people don't know about that is. So after your career, you have like your overall wins and losses. Right. And so I was 218 and 12 at the end of my senior year. He was 217 and something, right? So I'm not sure what his loss tally was, but if he would have won that match, he would have been 218 and I would have been 217. So like that match kind of put me above him as like the top victories of a career at that point. So that's just a fun little tidbit there. Wow,
1: that's crazy. And like the more I uh, look into this tournament, this Minnesota holiday tournament seems stacked.
0: Oh, it is. I mean, mean, you have top teams in our state. I mean, a lot of times it's tougher than a state tournament because like you have like, individual state champions from either class a double or triple and and they're in the finals or they meet in the quarters i mean you can have like four or five state champs in one bracket you know from the prior year or this i mean so it's just a massive tournament and just like with the quality of wrestling that we're we're up and coming with in our in our state like this just tournament's going to be insane where's it held at it's held in Rochester, Minnesota. And so, actually, this year they're going back to the Civic Center, um, where a lot of the freestyle and the Greco tournaments were at. So, um, it, it's going to be like in an arena base. Uh, it's going to be nice. I'm looking forward to that.
1: And how many classes are there in Minnesota high
0: school wrestling? There's three. So, they're single, double, triple. Got it. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's uh, as I was mentioning to you earlier, Mark Hall's coming on after this. And he had a crazy win at the holiday tournament. When he was in seventh grade, he beat Ben Morgan. And Ben Morgan was like a junior in high school. And I'm like, man, you had a big match there. So I'm thinking like this tournament must be legendary in Minnesota.
0: You know, this is the tournament that everybody wants to win just because you get all the classes you get. I mean, almost every weight class has at least 10 or plus ranked wrestlers. If not, like they're all ranked top 10 in some sort. But no, I mean, like, like that's the tournament that you that that everybody has circled on their calendar and, and everybody's preparing for is our Christmas tournament. I'm
1: gonna to be watching it this year because now, now I'm pumped for it just knowing the tradition of it. So that's oh yeah no. That's so you you win your your uh your fourth state title in your senior year you had was it Luke Eustace or Ty Eustace who won that same year?
0: It was Ty. It was Ty he was a four timer. And yep, then and you solid. had your
1: yourself and then Nagel who won five right
0: Yep, and there's a couple other two or three timers that year. Like that 2001 class in Minnesota had a lot of great talent. I mean, a lot of good household names for wrestlers and multiple state champs. And a fun story about um, uh, Ty and I was our junior years, um, I dropped down to 140 to be in his weight class to wrestle him. He stayed up to 145 to wrestle me, and we missed. <laughs> oh no. so it's like why'd you cut i was cutting for you or I, you know i was cutting for ty he said like, why why'd you stay up well i was stand up for marcus and, and and then we just both laughed about it like huh, yeah we Dang. missed
1: yeah that would have been a, a legendary one and so you go to the university of minnesota and at the time this is the glory days for the you like they're on they're on the upswing and like how big was the gophers wrestling program in the state of minnesota at that time
0: Oh, it's, it's, huge. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's what you want to be a part of, you know, and that's why I went to the U of M. Um, thinking back, like would I do it all over again, if I had a chance to, um, I'd, I'd, I'd probably do my other option. Like I wanted to go to Oklahoma state or Iowa state. And, um, at the time the coach was, uh, Bobby Douglas, um, at Iowa state, um, you know, like, like I was really interested in them quite a bit. And then obviously Oklahoma state just matched my style, you know, but I decided that, you know, I'm going to be loyal to Minnesota, you know, hometown kid, um, like I know everything about the town and the city. So I thought, you know, to myself, it would be an honor to wrestle here at, as a Gopher, which it was. And so that first year was great. I learned a lot about, you know, kind of what hard work and dedication from that Division One standpoint and then things didn't work out there. And so then I kind of just hopped across the river to, over to Augsburg and coming from the youth. So just kind of having kind of like that mental thought process of a Division one wrestler and brought that to Augsburg. Um, I was able to do some really cool things over there, too.
1: Yeah, the fact that you played football while you were there is crazy to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love football. I mean, like football is the most fun sport there is. Like wrestling has my heart. But like football is like what I just just love to do a lot is because it's a team sport you get you and your 10 other players or your teammates and, and you're just playing football. I mean, like who doesn't like football. Right. And, you know, I mean, if I always joke, like if I was, you know, six, three, six, four, like I'd have been in the NFL and, and I'm a I'm whole true to that statement. That's just kind of how I feel. But unfortunately, you know, five, nine like <laughs> option quarterback, you know, NFL is not going to happen really. So it was, it was on the mat for me.
1: So when you were playing football at Augsburg, you set the rushing record, you set the touchdown record. I mean, you
0: were just like, you were the main offensive threat as the quarterback. Well, see what I did is I just like hid behind the lineman, And so like, no one saw me. And and then I just, you know, um, (laughs) no, I I, like our offense was kind of catered to like a mobile quarterback and, and, and I was, you know, pretty shifty, pretty fast. And yeah, no, I mean like, like I'm a competitor, like I play hard, I work hard, I, you know, like, so I mean, if there's an opening, like I'm going to take it. And then just with the offensive scheme, there was a lot of openings and I wasn't extremely confident with my arm. Like I could throw some dimes here and there, but if I threw the ball 20 times, I mean, okay, I'll get five really good passes and maybe 10 eh, and five (laughs) horrible. Right. So, but if I can run 20 times, like they're all going to be successful, you know? And so that's just kind of how I looked at the game. And, you know, there's some other like running quarterbacks like Mike Vick, and all of them were kind of pretty popular. And so, you know, I just kind of, like, watched their film and kind of seen the things that they were doing and, you know, just try to recreate it on my own.
1: And, dude, that's a physical sport to be running around like that. Like, did you get banged up pretty good playing football or?
0: No, not too much. Like, I was able to avoid a lot of injuries. I don't know what I was thinking, but it was this linebacker. He wasn't extremely big. But I was like, man, we're going mommy Mano. And, and I hit this dude, and he just destroyed me. I was just like, never doing that again. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was bad. I mean, like, I thought that I could get him. And nah, I was like, all right, not doing that ever again. So I didn't slide much. Like, I'll just find ways just not to tackle big, you know. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: That's sweet, though, because you're just living like the, the all-college experience. You're playing football in the fall. You're wrestling in the winter, and you're just you're dominating both. But if we go back to Minnesota, so when you're being recruited, you're the number two overall recruit in the whole country of that class. You mentioned Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Who from Minnesota was doing the recruiting of you? Was it Jay or was it like was it Morgan? It was Jay and Marty.
0: Yeah, and so I was talking with both of them. Um, but primarily it was Marty, and I've known Marty since I was, you know, like an eight-year-old, nine-year-old wrestler, just because he was a big influence of this program, the High Flyers, any which way. Um. He's he's a staple in our state as a coach and a wrestler. Um, but yeah, no. So I liked Marty quite a bit. I liked Jay too, but Marty was mainly re- recruiting me. And um, you know, I just think they probably assumed that I was going to go to the U. And then um, I wore my Iowa State gear and my Oklahoma State gear at the Christmas tournament. And I guess they're like, oh, we need to get in this guy's you know living room now. So like the week afterwards, then they started to you know put the full court pressure in on me. And was like, hey what do you really think in here? You know, because wow. we, 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 we kind of thought that you were going to just be a Minnesotan and, and, um, or a, a gopher, but things this past weekend, you're wearing Iowa state, Okie state, like, like, what's the story? Like we want you with us. And so, um but no, I like those guys. It was, it was a great experience. I mean, like, do I wish it would have panned out? I mean, a little bit. Yes. And I mean, you know, like things happen, but um you know, I just wish I would have did a little bit more homework on, on the lineup, you know, cause I went in and there was Jared Lawrence and Luke Becker that were juniors that were ahead of me at those two weight classes that I would have been competing at. But that year it was Jared Lawrence and, um, you know, he was tough. He won nationals that year. Right. You know, but in the practice room, uh, we were dead even, you know, and, and so that's probably the reason why we were co-champs in two separate tournaments. You know, I kind really? of so you guys yeah. didn't wrestle at the opens. No, not at all. You know, the first one was, uh, that's a great question. Um, But the first one was the, was it North Dakota open? We were co champs. It was the first tournament. So I kind of was like, okay, that's the first one. So you're a true freshman.
1: We got the great
0: Jared Lawrence, junior, junior in
1: college. It's probably his fourth year in college. So he's like a full four years ahead of you. So you guys both make it to the finals. And did you know you weren't going to wrestle the whole time? Or did someone tell you before the finals?
0: First tournament, just kind of seeing the other guys that were in the finals or in third place matches, they were all like uh, co-champs, co-third. I kind of knew that it was going to happen the first tournament, but about a month into the season, I think we're like in a Hudson, Wisconsin tournament. It was another open, and um you know, just that month and a half of practicing, he and I practiced maybe four times leading up until that second time we met in the finals, and I'm not going to uh, disclose kind of how those went, but I was ready for the match and I felt that I was going to win the match if we did wrestle. Um, not just being overconfident, just, just like I had his number. And so I just kind of feel to myself, if the coaches felt confident that he was going to beat me, we would have wrestled. And they were kind of like, hey, uh, we don't really know right now. So they're coach champs and, that, and that, that was that. And I said to myself, do I stay another year? they will be seniors next year, or do I make some moves, and um, I told Jay, hey, I want to transfer, and he flat out said, well, I'm not going to release you, so if you go do one, you're going to miss a year, and so I just thought to myself, like, all right, dude, you're not my favorite guy right now, but what are my options, what are my options, and then one of my buddies over at Augsburg who was wrestling was like, dude, this is a great campus, the coach is great, Jeff Swenson, and I went over to campus and talked to Swenson face to face. And he was like, I'll talk to Jay and we'll see what we can do. And, wow. and that, that's pretty much how that went down.
1: And your roommate was Corey Cooperman at the time. Oh, Coop Dogman. That's my man. Yeah, Dude, to put you two together. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. no, I, you know, I mean, like, I mean, just two studs, though. I mean, like from like, uh, it's just crazy to me how how uh, loaded that class was.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it, it was loaded. So, I mean, like, with the Iowa State thing, I mean, so it was me, it was Coop, it was letters, I, I don't know if Mock was on the trip, but there was, like, a few other guys that were on campus, Iowa State, like, the same weekend visiting, and, like, all of us were thinking about, like, verbally committing, and then
1: wow. we, just
0: all just, we just all held back, just, like, one more week, because there's, like, one more week of visits, and, and then that's where everybody just, like, uh dispersed and so you know yeah but no i mean like they had probably four or five of like the top 10 recruits in the nation on campus same week
1: and, at iowa and, state yeah yeah and so you get to you sound with in minnesota when did you realize cooperman had signed and you guys are going to be roommates
0: well so he was there in iowa state and so he was like i'm coming to minnesota next week and i was like okay oh, hey, cool that's my visit as well and so um she, she and i hung out in minnesota or, you know, I just, I just already committed and I was like, all right, well I'm here too, you know? And so then that's kind of when I made the decision that I'm going to be a gopher.
1: And what, what was the, in terms of the workouts, your first month on campus, and you're going through that preseason grind. How brutal was those Jay Robinson workouts back then?
0: Oh man, they're tough. I mean, they're tough. I mean, like, like they make you want to question if you, if you want to wrestle here or not, you know, just like every program. It's like, not like they try to break you, but, but, but they want to build you. So it's like going through that process, you mentally kind of break a little bit because you're, you're not really used to kind of the intensity and the grind. Oh man, we we're running so hard, carrying weights on runs. We're doing like five mile runs with like a 45 pound plate. I mean, we're doing some insane things. We're doing stairs for like two hour sprints up the stairs, just like up. And it was insane. The weight trainings was, was good. Um, I loved it. I mean, like, 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 I like to work hard, you know, so I was just like, okay, this is tough as heck, but you know, like I'm here for a reason. So I'm just gonna, you know, absorb it. And you no, know, it was fine. It was good. I don't think it was like over the top insane, but I mean, it definitely, you know, uh, put you in the mirror after, after the workout and just kind of saying, Hey, are you made for this? Or, or are you not? You know? So, um, I had a few conversations with the mirror, you know, just kind of like, man, bro, like, <laughs> what are we doing right now? <laughs> and, but um, yeah, no, it was good. I mean, like I enjoyed it. Like I just kind of like, I saw what, like what the top team in division one was doing to prepare. And so then I kind of you know, tried to bring those things with me like later on in my college career. And when you
1: first transferred to Augsburg, did you ever consider not wrestling?
0: No, I always wanted to wrestle. Not one. No, never thought of not wrestle.
1: And so you get there, you have this experience from the gopher room and you have all the, all the skills and all the training. And so what was it about coach Swenson that established a bond for you guys? Cause I understand he was like huge in your life.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Swenson is very detailed. I mean, like <laughs> he probably has like a, a warehouse full of notes, just, just from practice one practice two practice three and he would all i mean like like that's just how we operated and he just kind of had it down to a science where he would document everything every practice every run i mean i bet you, you can say hey swentz back in 1997 on this date, who was the top 10 on the run he'll go to his books he'll look through it the top 10 work boom boom you know so he just documented everything and so i just i just like that approach um college life was really cool. It was smaller. So you weren't a number, you were a person. Um, so I liked that a lot personally. Um, I, I wasn't the, the smartest kid. I wasn't like the not smartest kid either, but, um, it just helped me focus more like in that small college setting. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, he held no punches. I mean, like, like, I mentally I thought going from D one to D three was going to be like this massive, like downgrade and like effort and hard work. And to be honest with you, like, we worked just as hard at Augsburg, if not harder than the U, like, in, in all honesty, I mean, it, it was the same. I mean, it's hard to say, Oh, they did harder. I mean, like at, at the U, like we would drill for like 45 minutes nonstop, right. Hard session just drill, 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 grindy. But Augsburg, let's say we're, we're doing like the same intensity of the drill, but just not for 45 minutes long, like just, just in different, you know, intervals or, um, uh, time. You had, but, you had
1: great teams back then too. So your workout partners,
0: solid. Yeah, I mean, like we had a lot of Division One wrestlers at Augsburg. You know that, had, throughout their journeys, they made themselves to or they were at Augsburg. And uh, no, I mean, I mean, I had my toughest w- workouts, my toughest matches in the Augsburg wrestling room. You know, and just like a lot of the, those other guys, it's like like we were all so battle tested from just practicing and grinding together, where in the matches, it was just kind of like like we were so mentally and physically ready, and we just go out there and dominate.
1: What memories do you have of your first Division Three title?
0: Um, It felt really good, in all honesty. I mean, like, you know, just a lot of hard work pays off, you know, but, you know, I'm kind of really big into numbers. Like, if you can do it once, you can do it twice. you can do it two times, well, let's go for four, you know. And so as soon as I won that match, like, I'm shaking the guy's hand, and boom, and I was like, number two is going to feel better. Like I said it to myself as my hands raised, number two is going to be better. So I was already into the next one already in and, and kind of just that's that's how I operate. It's like, you know, hey, that was great. On to the next. I think what was more important or more memorable was winning it as a team, because now it's not like, oh, it's just my own individual title, like sharing it with my bros. That was the most fun ever. Like the first team title that I was a part of, greatest day of my life. I was like, this is what's up. I'm on the individual and our team won it. Let's go versus just like, cause like I want to stay on my own. Right. And <clears throat> that's fun. That's great. You know, but then if you share it with, you know, some other people, that's even better. And if your team wins it, they like can't no one take that from you. And so like the first team title that, that was probably like one of the best college memories that I will always have.
1: And what was the, what grade was that for you?
0: That was my sophomore year.
1: My sophomore, yep. So I want to say
0: 2003, 2003 and February, our national championship team. So is
1: that the year you guys wrestled Warburg at the national duels and you guys beat them, and then you came back and wrestled another duel in Minnesota and you beat them again?
0: Yeah, that year, I don't think we lost a duel that year. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did not lose a duel that year.
1: Yep. Dude. And yeah, Warburg, I mean, like, were they always the biggest competitor?
0: <clears throat> um, When I was there, yes. And then kind of in the distance was like a lacrosse Wisconsin, you know, like, like, like they were kind of pushing forward. Same with St. John's like, like those were the two, like outside schools kind of trying to jump into our business. Right. But in my experience, it was always a battle of the Berg's, you know, Warburg, Augsburg, and just, just kind of knowing those wrestlers and knowing those coaches, just the utmost respect towards those guys. But you know, that like they came to win just like we came to win. And so, like, when you have a rivalry where it's like both coaches, both, you know, teams are, are have that mental conviction that we're going to go dominate, that's great for the sport. And they have it just like how we had it. And some years they were better, they got us. Other years we were better, we got them. And that's just a healthy, a healthy rivalry.
1: Definitely. I mean, those duels must have been heated back then.
0: Oh, those, man, they're so dope. <laughs> <laughs> especially the ones that we hosted. I mean, cause we had the race platform. So you're up on like a four foot little ledge and the match there, everything's dark one center light and you're just battling. It is battling a, a lot of number one versus number twos when those duels were happening. So, I mean, you know, and when you have two teams that are that close and that competitive, I mean, it just attention to detail, and each wrestler like like that's what kind of comes down to it and you know some of those happen in my match where like you know someone tried something pretty crazy like jump over my hips and then all of a sudden i put them to their back and then i get the fall it's like why would he do that i don't know why but i got the pen i don't care why (laughs) our team we won by three points you know they won five we won five but we got three you know so right it, it just comes down to just those those mental lapses or those mistakes
1: and Augsburg, like you said, it's located in the city of Minneapolis, correct? Yeah, yeah. South
0: Minneapolis. Yeah, so it's it, it's it's not downtown Minneapolis, but it's kind of on the verge of downtown Minneapolis, and the river, the Mississippi, that's in between the U of M and Augsburg. <laughs> well,
1: because a lot of you know D three schools are not in you know bigger cities, and so when you guys have a dual meet there with the race platform, the crowd comes out. Man, I wish uh, like you said would have been to one of those when it was when it was that era of, of the teams competing and when you're going through your college career at Augsburg you're going through undefeated when did the undefeated streak start to be something that people were talking about
0: probably after the second title you know I think at that time it was like 84 wins and <clears throat> it was like oh wow so he won it once he won it twice you know there was one other guy that won it four times undefeated like is this possible for, you know, myself? And, and then I, I think after my third year that I wanted it, um, it kind of came to some personal problems. I was just living a little bit more out of control, just just partying, just, you know, I'm grown, can't no one tell me anything. And it kind of got a little sidetracked. But I think that's probably when it came up a lot too. It was like, oh, he has three titles. He's undefeated. Will he come back for the fourth? Is that even a possibility? And so I think that may have brought some attention to it as well.
1: And so were people shocked when you didn't return for your senior year right away,
0: I mean, um, being
1: all the stakes of going for the fourth title and everything?
0: No, I don't, I don't really know, uh, honestly. And I wasn't like really concerned about that at that moment. I just knew that, you know, like I was going through some things in my personal life where I just had to find some answers, you know, and I was just like, just, just, just not living the right way more or less. And so, um, you know, thank for like, like Jeff Swenson, you know, he basically said, Hey, man to man, he said some choice words and they, were, and they weren't good, you know? And it wasn't like a coach talking to me. It was just like bro talking to a bro. And he basically just kind of told me all about myself and I had to accept it because he was right, you know? And then, okay. And so then we found out a plan of attack and we worked through it. And eventually I got myself back into school. I was back on the mat and here we go for the four title. So so, go. so so you yes. sit out oh. of here come back
1: now do you still yep. play football your senior year or are you only wrestling
0: um good question i think i only wrestled that year got i only wrestled that year yep
1: and so at this point we got history on the line you know going for the to be the second only to be a four-time undefeated champ at the collegiate level and throughout that year how were you feeling mentally moving throughout the year after taking the year off
0: oh no i i was feeling perfect in all honesty um like I wasn't thinking like oh I have a year off so I'm gonna be rusty that that never once crossed my mind whatsoever um I was still working out with the guys you know just doing my own workouts running and lifting um I really didn't miss a beat in terms of like a preparation standpoint but that last year I was upper weight class I was at 165 it just made more sense for our team dynamic to not cut to 57 which I probably could have as well but um yeah and I was wrestling bigger guys. they're a little bit slower but stronger um so I had a whole different uh dynamic to attack on the map, but no, it was good. There was a moment where you know I wrestled like the top three division two kids um like in one week. It's like I would wrestle the number one guy and then I'd beat him to so hit fall to like number three, and then the the new number one I had him the next week or like that immediate weekend. It was just wicked like there was like a 10-day stretch where like I didn't know if I was going to win them all you know but you know obviously just being confident with yourself and just knowing that you're ready you go out there you put yourself in the best situations and in the right positions and, and you just wrestle you know you just don't make foolish mistakes and I was able to get through it you know with that zero in the loss column Man, that is something, man. And that's just
1: an incredible, incredible career and just an honor to be talking with you about it. I understand that when you were a, a kid, your, um, your childhood coach, who was it? Coach Rodney would ask you before big matches, are you nervous? And you would say, what would you say? I'm just curious.
0: I'd say, yeah, coach, I'm nervous. And, you know, he'd be like, okay, good. That means you're ready, you know? And so like, I always took that with me. Like if, if I'm nervous, it means I'm ready, you know? And, and, um, if you're not nervous, well, then something's wrong. Some, you know, you, you know, you probably should not be doing what you're doing if you're not nervous, but I mean, from a confidence standpoint and j- just kind of all those other fun attributes, um, a lot of those matches were very nerve wracking, you know, where I say, like, geez, this is my last match. Okay. Wow. Gable, He faltered here. Okay. Kill him. You know, he actually did it. What am I going to do? You know? And so like all those things kind of get into your head. It's a lot of mental warfare, you know, and you know, like you just gotta hold true to yourself, you know. And then I always just relied on my training. Because like if if I can train extremely hard and give everything to training, I knew I was ready out there on the mat, no matter what the situation was going to be. And so that's just kind of how I manage the nerves. But the last match was a little different. I mean, it was like, all oh, right, here we go. This is my last match ever in college, you know, can I do it? Will I do it? Of course I'm gonna do it, how can I do it? I had a guy who, his strength was like a counter of my strength. So it was like a very strategic, you know, like chess match out there. He was sick with the front head. He would do cement mixers from anywhere. I think he was down by like four points in the third period, like time winding down and hit a mixer and put the kid to his back for five made finals like like he was that sick and so my geez I can't get under this guy because he was deadly and so now it's like like how do I take the guy down now right you know he's probably 185 190 he's just just a brick you know I'm barely 170 right um yeah no there's some obstacles there but I was able you know like when you drill your moves you got like your plan a your b your c your d and and if you got like 10 moves one of my last moves like that's why I took the guy down. <laughs> you know? No shit. Legit. Yeah, legit. And it was a random one off, like, oh, okay, this might never happen, but let's just drill it. Let's drill it. Let's drill it. And that was the only way to like not fully commit, but kind of be on the fence, but still be firm enough to finish. It is just 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 a lot going on. And um it was a second period or third period? I got the takedown and I was like, all right, I'm good. Like, I mean, he may have took one full half shot and that's just not his style so I felt pretty confident that he wasn't going to shoot on me he was bigger than me stronger than me slower than me I I just felt like I had a good chance to stop whatever he threw at me and so I got the takedown got the victory and bam history four times undefeated wow
1: I love it how'd you celebrate that night
0: um I was with the team you know at the time I wasn't drinking so I just you know tried to keep it as low-key as possible um and just just sat with family, you know, I mean, just kind of like, wow, like, it's over now, but that just happened, like, holy geez, there's so many positives, you know, some hardships as well, you know, so, but through it all, I mean, it was just, just a wonderful moment for myself, um, I knew that, like, that wasn't it, like, that's not going to be my my defining moment but just at the time it felt really good you know like I had a pretty good supporting cast at the moment and um everybody was happy for me I just you know just a lot of hard work paid off a lot of coaches a lot of teammates I mean because when you think about it it's not just what I did you know it's like yeah I won the matches but from a coaching standpoint to my bros my teammates I mean like they're all a part of that too you know I mean like there was never no like animosity or someone being jealous I mean like it was kind of like a team thing you know it's like Like they wanted me to do it just as much as I wanted myself to do it, you know. And so when you have like that supporting cast of like your teammates, your bros, like supporting you, helping you, pushing you, not letting you slack on a run or lift really helps out. And it's like, those are some of those things that people don't really think about or look at. And like, those are things that I lean on because that's what made it happen. Like, yeah, I wrestled for seven minutes here and there. Right. But just the behind the scenes things, the coaches, my teammates, like, like, like they helped make that happen more than just wrestling 155 matches. Cause that time seven is X amount of time, right? Like with my coaches and my training partners, that time would oversee that at least by five to 10 times, you know? So like, they are the ones that helped me do that. And so I was going to want to give those guys mad shots out because without good coaching or good partners, um, uh, I'd be nothing. So yeah, I'm just pretty thankful for them.
1: And if you think about how much you grew from your first day on campus at the university of Minnesota to the time you won your fourth title, man, that is crazy. I mean, for any person, oh, but I, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sure for you to go through those kind of challenges, every year going against the best in the nation, going through the personal issues, going through all the pressure of the undefeated, like, dude, that is, that's a lot.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I learned a lot throughout those years you know but um a lot of it's just being accountable to yourself and just you know trying to put yourself in the best positions possible you know it's like if you want to be successful you should hang around successful people you know it's like your environment will dictate who you become more or less you know so keep yourself in those positive environments and and kind of letting that lead your life versus just going with the flow and just, just being very distracted, which, you know, I found myself in that, you know, here and there. And it just, it just just took a lot of people to really care about me to help me get out of that situation. And that's like, where like a Jeff Swenson would come into play and and just my teammates were like, bro, you can't keep doing that. You got to stop. And it's like, I'm having so much fun. I can't, I want to be a professional partier. It's like, bro, you're stupid. Stop. You know? And and then eventually it just kind of clicks where it's just like, all right, I get it. All right, I'm not afraid to miss out anymore. Like you know, like life's a lot bigger than this or that or this party, that party. And um, yeah, it's just it's about growing up, you know. And now I look back at it, and I was like, man, I was dumb as a box of rocks, man. Like, <laughs> man, if I can go back and do it again and have the wisdom, oh, man, I'd, I'd love it. I'd just like everybody would love it. But you know, I mean, it is what it is. When you're young, you make mistakes, you know, and and you learn from them. Hopefully, the things you do that are incorrect don't put you behind bars, you know? And so, um, yeah, I was able to get away from all that potentials and, and living a great life. right now.
1: That's awesome, man. And like you said, any, any guy, and I, yeah, I'm sure girls too, but any guy that gets through that 14 to 22, you know, without doing some real damage is lucky. Cause that is a crazy time period. And even like 20, I would say 14 to 27. Like once you make it through 27, you're like, what the hell just happened?
0: Literally. I mean, mean, and it's life. I mean, like with no sports, I mean, like, like that's a true statement. It's like, like through those years where you're independent, you're grown, you you make decisions for yourself, you have access to anything and everything. It's like, like, are you going to self-destruct or are you going to, you know, have some supporting cast that's going to help you get through those. And, you know, those that don't have a strong support network, I mean, they struggle a lot more than others. And so that's why it's, you know, it's, it's important to, you know, keep healthy relationships and, and, and not burn bridges because you never know when you're going to need a helping hand. And, you know, like I always try to do things on my own, but you, you got to humble yourself sometimes and say, you know what, man, I just need some help. We'll find some answers. And I'm just really happy that I put myself in that position and not like turn the naked eye and just like turned away and said, no, nah, I got it. I got it. And now nah, I was able to just, uh, just to uh, say, Hey, I'm lost. I need some help.
1: So that was the the key to get you over the you know the, the drinking was just you know saying hey I need some help and from there kind of you took the steps to to move past it
0: yeah absolutely At, especially in school in college yeah and then I graduated and then I had some other personal challenges with it you know but um you know I'm very thankful now I'm like four years removed it feels great you know like I, I just think about it. You know, like, like my daughter will never see me drinking or she'll never see me hung over or she won't experience an abusive father verbally, physically, whatever it is in her life ever, because I'm not doing it. And so that matters the most to me right now. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: That's beautiful, man. I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that.
0: I got three questions for
1: you before we let you go. Marcus Leveser. Cool. All right. Question number one. You won a UFC event in your hometown. You won a fourth national title to go undefeated. You won a team title. You won a fourth high school state title. Which of those four is the biggest, uh, you know, biggest moment for you?
0: Ooh, good one. Um, I mean, shout outs to the UFC, right? Like that was a fun experience. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers that are going into MMA right now and, <clears throat> that's just a whole nother rush, you know? And it's like, you know, like waking up like, all right, I'm going to fight tonight and the dude I'm fighting is a freaking savage. Like that's some nerves right there. But um, that, that, that was really cool. I'm, I'm going to go at the UFC fight experience You know, at the target center. You know, you got all your friends and everybody's there. That was fun. That was fun. I mean, it's hard to top the wrestling credentials, but that, that was just more fun.
1: And dude, like you said, though, there's a fear anytime you wrestle, but, Most times you're not going to get physically hurt, right? You're good to go like 99% of the time, but fighting that dude is actually trying to
0: hurt you, man. It's, it's wicked. I like, (laughs) like, like how many times you think about that fight throughout your day? I mean, it just consumes you, you know, and like, you got to have like a way to try to turn it off where there's always doubts. There's always negative thoughts and you got to shift your focus. And it's just a tough mental game right there.
1: Yeah, that's a whole nother realm um okay so that was one number two for folks who are in the minneapolis area and they want to train with you what are you doing now with your with your business and and right now you're recording this in your in your in your studio gym there so fill us
0: in on yeah, that absolutely so i have a personal training studio it's called lavici um it's it's a part of my last name levesser and vini Vidi vici we conquer so we conquer here <clears throat> well yeah it's a Personal training facility, where I do one-on-one, small group partner training, um, whether it's to transform your body into lean muscle, get bigger, faster, stronger, kind of all those above. I focus on functional movement patterns. That's kind of like my specialty. Um, I also do self-defense from having a UFC MMA background and wrestling background. We do self-defense training as well, so kickboxing, wrestling, one-on-ones, kind of anything and everything. It's in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Um, I've been open for about a year and a half now and things are booming. So if you, uh, anybody that hears this wants to join in or ask some questions, uh, there's a website, lavicifit.com. L-E-V-I-C-I-F-I-T.com. Hit them up folks.
1: Hit them up. All right, Marcus. Last question is this podcast is called wrestling changed my life. So how did wrestling, you know, what's the one thing it's given you, or what's the biggest impact wrestling's had
0: on your life? I would say wrestling, wrestling gave me a purpose in life. Um, Because inner city kid, we're not really expected to make it out of our environment. You know, that there's either you're either you're dead or you're in jail by the age of 21, 24, you know, and, I didn't want to be that statistic. And so, you know, wrestling changed my life because it gave me something to care about. It gave me something to value and it gave me something to work forward towards. And so uh, I learned to set personal goals. I learned to, you know, like all the disciplines, you know, the sacrifices, the hard work, the dedication, be loyal. Like I just learned so much from the sport. So it really changed my life and kind of changed my mental thought process to not be a victim you know, of the system, do not be a victim of my society and to stand up against it and work around it. So I'm not a statistic. So wrestling just changed my life completely, you know, without wrestling, I wouldn't be here right now with you for sure. Um, I might even be alive right now, honestly. So wrestling kind of gave me life. Yeah. You know, inner city, just with the people that are around the people that I knew people that I would hang out with, but not hang out with, it's just rough, you know? And so if you fall victim to it, you're trapped. They got you. And if you have a way out, well, then you survived. And wrestling was my way out.
1: Marcus Leveser, you're the man. It's been an honor to chat with you, sir. Thank you so man, much for man, coming thank you. on, I man. I appreciate
0: it. Uh, I'm super honored, man. This is awesome. If you want to reach out to me ever again, man, please do. Uh, tell Mark how I said, what's up. I will. He owes me that match still. He owes me that match still. No. <laughs> When he was, like, a senior, I was, i bro, you're the man right now, but you haven't faced the man right now, like, you know. <laughs> so I'd always joke with him, but I'm um, not. The He's prospect wants
1: one, he says. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Love it, man. It's been so much fun. You're always welcome back on, Marcus, anytime, my friend. Uh, I'm really glad we could make this happen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. This episode is with Marcus LeVester. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, Please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, support our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash WCML to take advantage of an offer exclusive for this podcast. Five free travel packs, one-year supply of vitamin D droplets, athleticgreens.com slash WCML. We'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!